I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. I'm not gonna sit here and debate. Hello, hello, and welcome to the regular podcast. My name is Daniel Fritch. I am thrilled that you joined me. This is a huge week. Texans return. Regular season football is back. This episode, Texans season preview episode. I am thrilled to have John Crumpler with me. John is as plugged in a guy as you're going to find when it comes to the Texans. And I'm going to give you a little uh, peek behind the curtain here. When it comes to podcast hosting, you don't always get the guests that you want, right? You can say, as I have, I want to talk Rockets. Let me get tennis superstar Venus Williams on the show. And Venus Williams will inevitably respond to my message with, how did you get my email address? And uh, I don't even follow the Rockets. And I don't, I don't, I've never even heard of your podcast. How do I know anyone even listens to your podcast? And then you have to reply, Venus, people would listen to the podcast if they saw you were the guest. Come on, hello. And then she'll say something like, I don't want to, I'm not interested, and, and please don't email me again. And then as a, as, a, as a host, you have to find another guest. you got to move right on. Now, first, you'll spend four, five hours just slamming Venus Williams into the ground on social media platforms using anonymous accounts. But once you've done that, you have to move on. you got to get on with your life, man. you got to find another, another guest. And so when I knew I had to do a Texans preview episode, I said, man, who would I like to have? And it was John Crumpler. And then he agreed to come on the show. So very excited to have John. After John is on the show, we're going to take some calls, uh, which is a first for the podcast, which is very exciting. And I wanted to talk about the Texans. Of course, if you're a big Texans fan and you're like me, it feels like forever since they've played. Uh, They've just been gone so long. Like when I close my eyes, I try to picture the last Texans game I watched. It's like in sepia tones. It's like not. It's not quite black and white, but it's not full color either. A lot of single bar face masks. Guys with mustaches on the sidelines. Johnny Unitas is there for some reason. So it just feels like it took place forever ago. And I'm just so excited to have football back. I love fantasy football. I love gambling on football. I love following all the national storylines. Watching Skip. Bayless and Shannon Sharp scream at each other about the Cowboys. I just love everything about football, and I'm thrilled that it's back. I'm very excited. I was going to talk a little bit about the Texans, where they are. Obviously, they haven't been good the last couple of years, and when I go to work or I'm out in the community, and I like to say out in the community instead of like grocery shopping, because if I say out in the community, you can imagine I'm uh, building uh, housing for the homeless. I'm saving pets that are in distress. I'm teaching bullied kids karate. You know, I'm out in the community doing the work. And when I'm out in the community, I encounter a lot of Astros fans just uh, in passing, just in conversation. And of course, there are a lot of Astros fans, but there are fewer Rockets fans, fewer Texans fans out there. And that makes sense. As an entertainment product, the Astros are really good right now. And they have been for a number of years. And we're really enjoying the fruits of when the Astros were bad, like 10 years ago. And if you remember, they were really bad. They were atrocious. But they used those years to build up their farm system, to build that sort of, raise their floor. And now we get the, you know, the, the fruits of that toil. And I'm hoping that that's where we are with the Texans right now, where we're, 
We've gone through the valley and we're on the way out. So I am hoping if you're in, inclined to watch the Rockets and the Texans and or the Texans, you'll do so this year because there's a lot to be interested in. And, and I'm going to get into that with John here in a moment. But I think this is a good time to jump back in if, if potentially you've been out on the Texans for the last little while. There are a lot of things to watch, a lot of things to be excited about, and I'll be here helping you navigate, and I hope you will continue to tune in. Join me at redglare.substack.com. Share this show with anybody that you think potentially would enjoy it. I would appreciate that. Um, this show for the rest of this year comes with a money-back guarantee. I've partnered with Mattress Mac on that, so that's pretty exciting. And I'm going to go ahead and get to my interview with John, and then like I said, afterward, we're taking a few calls, so I hope you'll stay tuned for that as well. I am joined by John Crumpler. John, thank you so much for joining me on the Red Glare. Before we get underway, is there anything uh, you would like to plug? Where can someone find your work? Well, Daniel, thank you for having me on, man. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is John Crumpler. I'm one of the analysts over at USA Today is the Texans Wire. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John H. Crumpler and make sure you're following the Texans Wire for uh, all of our work there. We're really excited for what we're going to bring Houston this season. Absolutely. And, and I'll second that. If you're Texans curious, if you're a Texans fan, you must be following John H. Crumpler on Twitter. It's just uh, absolute necessity. Thank it, you, brother. I appreciate well, of it. Of course, of course. Now, John, it occurs to me as I'm out and about that not everyone is as excited about this Texan season as maybe I am, right? I'm, I'm getting a lot of Astros fans when I'm, when I'm out in the community. I'm getting a lot of Cougars, Houston Cougars talk, less Texans talk. So what I wanted to do first thing is, can you give me your elevator pitch for like the 2022 Texan season? Why should the lay person be interested in this team? I think the difference between the 2022 Texans and the 2021 Texans is that there are a lot of different small things to watch that are uh, worth being excited about. Uh, Nick Casario, the general manager, has brought in his second draft class and it includes three picks or four picks, but we're only going to see three on the field in the top 50. Uh, we've hired Lovey Smith to come in and be the head coach, and he, with him has brought a lot of stability and experience to the franchise. Pep Hamilton's been brought in to run the offense, and he is so well-regarded around the league. Five different teams wanted to hire him for this role, and he chose to stay in Houston. He might be a head coaching candidate next year. And then just the young guys, Davis Mills, Damian Pierce, Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, Jonathan Grenard, uh, Derek Stingley, Jalen Petrie. At every level of both the offense and the defense, there's a young guy or multiple young guys worth being excited about. And although the win-loss record may not look a lot different, I think – following the narratives within the games this season is going to be really rewarding for fans. I, I couldn't agree more. And you mentioned the win-loss record. So obviously we're coming off a of back-to-back four-win campaigns. Uh, the the geniuses that, that work the numbers over in Vegas, they put us at four and a half wins over under. I can't help but think just on paper, just looking at the moves we've made, the offense should be slightly better. And to my mind, the defense should be better. Like, why four and a half wins? And, and where would you fall if you were going to place a bet in terms of over under four and a half? So I've actually been wrestling with this a lot today. I'm currently trying to wrap up my season preview piece. Uh, it's a pretty long form article I try to do every year for the Texans Wire. and one that I love writing. But it is hard to place the win-loss record on this team. The number, if I was Vegas, the line I'd probably put is five and a half just looking at the schedule. So I'm currently stuck between five or six wins. 
I think what Vegas sees and what people do have to be wary of when getting excited about this Houston team is I think around the board, the roster is elevated from last year. Certainly. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot more NFL caliber players at starting positions and there are more impact players that can make that next step. But if you look at a team, we'll just talk about the two Super Bowl uh, teams last year, the Rams, they had multiple all pro players on both their offense and defense and players win you games. Those high, those guys that can go around and change the course of the game on a dime. And I think Houston, we don't know how many of them that we have outside of Brandon Cooks on the offense and maybe Jonathan Grenard on the defense. We're hoping for Stingley and Petrie. There aren't a lot of playmakers that are going to turn games. So you're asking a young quarterback in Davis Mills to win games that are going to be won on the game plan and almost perfect execution. And that's a tough way to win single digit games. So I think that's probably the reason for a lower win total, but it's not a, it's not a number I'm going to put money on this season, although I'm going to bet them a lot individually. Uh, I agree if you, I would bet the over on Houston this year. Yeah. And I, I placed a bet uh, not long ago on Texans plus eight and a half this upcoming weekend on paper. Indy, I think, I think about like Davis mills, you're hoping he would develop into a Matt Ryan type of quarterback. At least I think that would be like a best case scenario in terms of his maturation. And we're playing a team that has Matt Ryan this week, literally the actual Matt Ryan. So um, when I look at their offensive line is very good. Jonathan Taylor, of course, is very good. Their receivers are pretty good. Where do you see us stacking up with Indianapolis, say this week, and then as we move through the season? I think we're in a good position to catch Indianapolis off guard. Not that I don't think I'm going to pick them to win just because of how wide the scoring differential was from last year and just still the talent gap that we have with the Colts. And I, I'm from Atlanta. I'm a Matt Ryan fan. Just looking at the tape from last year, I do think he's a better decision maker and a better just precise ball placement guy than Carson Wentz, which is a lot of what their offense calls for when you're throwing to big body guys like Michael Pittman. But I think there are some things in Houston's favor and that Pep Hamilton rolled out the most vanilla offense in existence in the preseason, and he hasn't called an offensive game since 2017. So no one really knows what our offense is going to look like. I think guys haven't gotten to play against Nico Collins. I'm buying the hype there. I was there at camp. He looks fantastic. He's looked fantastic in the preseason. We all know Damian Pierce, and if you don't, then you're not playing fantasy football either because he's everywhere right now. Um, I think betting the Texans to cover the eight and a half spread and this is what I kind of meant when I said I'll bet them a lot. And that I think they have enough pieces and they might not be taken seriously by a lot of teams that they're going to be able to sneak into contests. Some of those, um, I think the term is backdoor covers where in the fourth quarter, they're going to come Davis Mills when Pep Hamilton really lets them just open up the offense vertically, spread it around. They can get back within the touchdown scores. And while, while the Texans are dysfunctional, it's going to factor in that people are going to bet against them. And we're going to see some huge numbers this year in terms right. of, Right. So you've mentioned the rookies and obviously this was Nick Casario's first draft with a full slate of draft picks. Um, I, he, he ran the draft force last year, of course, when we took Davis Mills in the third round. What has been your impression of Nick Casario so far? And second part of that question, what do you think if you could give Nick Casario truth serum, what do you think his expectations are for this team and for some a player like Davis Mills? So to start, what do I think of Nick Casario? Uh, I think he's a really professional general manager. I think he's kind of brought a, uh, a business and scouting acumen back to the general manager role that was seemingly lost when Bill O'Brien was here and that 
Bill O'Brien only saw things as a coach. He saw guys in the roles that he wanted, and he didn't understand their market value. Well, I think Casario has done a great job of um, not only allocating resources, but alloc- but putting them in appropriately. Uh, I'm very impressed with his draft this year. I think last year our defensive backs were some of the worst in the league. He spent two top 40 picks, one on a lockdown corner, a guy you hope might be the next Darrell Rivas and Derek Stingley. The other on Jalen Petrie, who looks like a dynamic. You can have him at box safety. You can play him at weak side linebacker. He's athletic enough to go up top. And then on the other side, you hire Lovey Smith. His so you hire a defensive head coach who wants to play D and he wants to run the ball, and you get him Kenyon Green, who's going to help move bodies on the inside. Uh, I, I just think he's been around the league for a long time and he knows what he's doing, which I really like. And he's seemingly hit on a lot of his picks. And that's hard to know if he's really hit because the Texans were so thin last year that when the rookies got on the field, there were just going to be opportunities for moments. Like when Roy Lopez gets to play as much as he does as a six round defensive tackle uh, over the course of an NFL season, there's going to be some, some really good moments from that. But all the same, I like how he drafts and what he brings to the organization. Uh, Listening to him as a GM is difficult it's a lot of coach speak. Uh, he can say a lot without actually saying anything, as the expression goes. In terms of this season, it sounds like I imagine what they want to see is they want to see their investments play well. So obviously, guys, you have a lot of money allocated towards like Laramie Tunsil, Brandon Cooks. They want them to play well. Jonathan Grenard, you want to continue that. But really, it's about last year's draft class and this year's draft class. Can the young guys make strides? Because those individual movements – are going to be very important towards building a long-term contender, but they might not show up in the box score or in the win total this year. As for Davis Mills, uh, head coach Lovey Smith has kind of laid it on heavy for Davis. He says he wants him to be a team captain, says he's as impressive as anyone he's worked with. Uh, Casario is more tempered when he talks about Davis Mills, and I think what we're going to need to see is there are two types of quarterbacks. There are, there are tractors. There are guys that can lead you to winning playoff games on their own. And there are trailers that need a perfect roster to win. And this one, I think your Matt Ryan comparison is interesting because I think 10 years ago in the NFL, the model generally was there may be three or four of those, those tractor quarterbacks. But a lot of good teams won Super Bowls off of guys who could take care of the ball. Well, today it's almost if you say I can win with him, it's not a compliment anymore. It's just he can do the bare minimum. So you need to see a Davis Mills that is completing down um, downfield passes that can make multiple reads. He's not super athletic. He's got, he's got enough athleticism to be in the league, certainly. He's got some mobility that you can run the bootleg passes that offensive coordinators love, especially to give a young guy half-field reads. But you need to see more than the bare minimum from him. And frankly, Davis Mills probably needs to play the Texans outside of top five pick territory because mm-hmm. – I mean, we just had our first day of college football yesterday for those listening, and C.J. Stroud's going to be a top-five pick. Uh, Bryce Young is one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever watched. He's really small, but someone's going to talk themselves into his ball placement, his poise, um, his escapability. And I think Anthony Richardson reminds me of Cam Newton. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's a third quarterback in the top ten. I'm just a guy who comes out of nowhere, and he's bigger He's stronger. He's faster than everyone. Um, Keep an eye on Anthony Richardson from Florida. And Houston has two first-round picks, so it's a bit of do or die for Davis. But I think internally that probably expectation is five or six wins. They'd like a few more. Can he do everything that Pep Hamilton's scheme asked him to do and a little more? Right. And and Richardson on that point had one of the, the most amazing plays yesterday. 
I, I, I wasn't clear if it was a touchdown or a two-point conversion, but the way he, he ball-faked a defender was wild. If you're, if you're listening to this, if you hadn't seen that play, please look it up. Do yourself a favor. And yeah, I was watching Young and, and Stroud highlights over the weekend, and Davis Mills has his work cut out for him, especially, as you mentioned, with the two first-round picks that we have. And Cleveland's first-round pick may be a little bit better than we anticipated because they're starting Jacoby Brissett for most of the season. And then if and when Deshaun Watson comes back, he looked very rusty. It's been a long time since he's played NFL football. What do you see uh, coming from that Cleveland draft pick side? I mean, they have a rough schedule. I could see as few as two wins when I looked at it. I could see as many as uh, five or six. But it's really hard to pin them during that 11-game period as better than six and five. Like, if they're above 500, that's a miracle in my opinion. That The AFC North is going to be an absolute dogfight this year. Um, realistically, I think that pick at best, you really hope that it ends up in the the back of the top 10. Maybe the seven, seven range is the highest if everything broke right for Houston. If Pittsburgh plays really well and can beat Cleveland twice, I'm personally a believer in Pittsburgh this year, but I know Vegas is very down and that's a red flag for me that they're going to be worse than I expect. But maybe in the back end, let's say seven to 15 for that Cleveland pick, which would still be an excellent place for Houston you can be comfortable taking a quarterback with your own pick if you're bad and know that you're still going to get an impact edge rusher or an impact wide receiver um, later that round. That's awesome. Well, I am conscious of your time here, John. I won't keep you. I really appreciate this, man. Um, last question, your Super Bowl prediction this year, who do you have? Ooh, I haven't even thought about that yet. Um, the NFC is a bit of a mess. From the AFC, I will take. Hmm. Oh, I'll, I'll take the Chargers. I'll drink the Kool Aid. On I, I love the additions they made. They went out and signed the players they need. And you know, in the NFC, uh, I'll do something different. I I love what Philadelphia is doing. I know um, Texans fans might be familiar with Jonathan Gannon from our hiring process, but they went out and got every piece that you could hope for for his defense. They went out and got A.J. Brown for their quarterback. I'm, I'm going to say Eagles-Chargers right now. I probably won't be my prediction in a week, but thanks for putting me on the spot. Uh, that's what I'll go with right now. No, I love it. That sounds great. Thanks again, John. And you want to throw that Twitter handle out or anything else you want to plug before you go? Yeah. Guys, please uh, give me a follow at John H. Crumpler. I try to do the best I can tweeting my thoughts about the team, my thoughts on scouting. Uh, I try to um, – consolidate things I see in the podcast world about the team. Um, do, do, do the best I can covering the Texans and make sure you're following the Texans wire as well. I have some excellent colleagues in Jordan Pun, Big Star Sports, my editor, Mark Lane, and we're excited about how we're going to cover the team this year. Awesome. Thanks again, John. Take care. All right, Daniel. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, so I wanted to try something a little bit different. I used to have, well, I've had several jobs inside Houston, downtown Houston, and, and inside the loop, and I would find myself in the uh, on 290 or on I-10 at the end of the day, and what really made that a lot better, that experience of sitting in traffic, was guys like Charlie Palillo and talk radio and taking callers and holding court, and I thought, I have a radio show of sorts now. Let's take some calls. So let's head to the phones. Caller, thank you for calling into the Red Glare. Hello, is this 610? 
Uh, no, sir. You're speaking to Daniel at the Red Glare Podcast. It's like a radio show, but it's on the internet. Okay, well, listen. Why are we rolling out David Mills when we have a perfectly good quarterback sitting at home? A proven winner. What quarterback are you referring to? Vince Young! Vince Young is a winner. I know he's past his prime or whatever, but listen, Vince's skills were not based on his athleticism. They were not based on his ability to read a defense or whatever you nerds are into. Vince's abilities were purely that he was a winner. Is David Mills a winner? I don't think so. Listen, I'm not saying bring Vince Young in and give him the job, but let him compete for the job. Is David Mills afraid of a little competition? Why? We we don't think David Mills, if you're so confident in David Mills, could he not beat Vince Young out in the co- Why are they afraid of the competition? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, well, I don't think they would be afraid of the competition. I appreciate the call. First first and foremost, thank you for calling in and becoming the, the first ever caller here on the Red Glare podcast. I don't think Davis Mills would be afraid of the competition per se, but Vince Young is... He's got to be near 40 years old. I'm, I'm not even sure what he's up to these days. Uh, I do appreciate the call. Let's go back to the phones. We are talking to someone from Houston. Uh, hello. Welcome to the Red Glare. Yes, hello. I just wanted to say I've been really appreciating your show. Um, it is so nice to tune into a show about the Texans and have it be so positive. Well, hey, I appreciate that. You know, I'm not setting out to be negative or positive. I'm just sort of trying to give my uh, honest opinions here. You mentioned it's unusual to have a positive show. What kind of negativity are you talking about? Oh, you know, it's just like when people talk about the Texans and they want to bring up Jack Easterby, you know, the uh, executive vice president of football operations who doesn't have really anything to do with the team's, uh, you know, uh, negative aspects. But, you know, people want to talk about things like since Jack Easterby got his job in January of 2020, that the Texans' record has been 8-25 and 25 over that span. But what I find is that people don't talk about our hated rivals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, winning only four games over that same span. So no one talks about how Jack Easterby's Texans have dominated our hated rivals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, for two straight years. Eight wins to four. No one's talking about eight wins to four. Where I, where I come from, eight wins is better than four wins. Why? Why aren't we talking about it? No one talks about it. No one. Okay, well, I appreciate the call. I will continue to do a positive show here on the Texans and the Rockets. Uh, we have not spent a ton of time on Jack Easterby to date. Um, we'll see if that continues in the future. Now, you, listener, if you enjoy this show, please let someone else know about it. Share, spread the word. If you know of anybody, any fans or potential fans that you think would enjoy the show, I would appreciate it if you spread the word. Of course, you can find me at Substack at redglare.substack.com, on Twitter at redglarepod, and I really appreciate you tuning in. I look forward to this Texan season. We're getting closer. Of course, the Rocket season is right around the corner in October. I really enjoy doing the show. I hope you enjoy listening to it. 
and I will talk to you soon. Take care.